Boss! 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 We're finally back at the buzzer, gracing your podcast feeds um, or the website with another episode, hopefully a needed reprieve for um, anyone who needs one. And uh, I'm your co-host, Jack Barsh. That's your co-host, Sam. And the most important update right now is I accidentally scratched something that might be a bug bite. I don't know, but either way, it's really itchy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the time of year to get mosquito bites. I I've been spending a lot of time on in my backyard, lounging around, uh, drying off the chairs because I forget to take them in when it rains every day in Boulder. So, yeah, I'm just happy. It's a little itchy from all the bug bites, but yeah, how are you doing? I haven't even been outside today. I don't know what this is. I, maybe it isn't a bug bite. I don't know. I, it's you know I'm gonna revisit it a lot during this episode. It's gonna be the main thing on my mind. Do you have a roommate? Uh, I do. I don't did think they, he bit me. Okay. Well, moving it's on. Itchy. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard over here right now. Um, so, so you want to talk about recruiting. I don't even know what is going on with recruiting. Can you enlighten me? Not even current recruiting, though. We can talk about that a little bit. Mostly just it, it's an exciting week for CU fans. It looks like finally some college athletes are given the go-ahead so the class of 2020 that uh, originally signed back in February under a man named Mel Tucker, which seems like, I don't know, 8 million years ago now. I forgot um, that happened this year. Yeah. Yeah. He was the coach during signing day. Um, <laughs> they are now in Boulder, uh, an entirely different place in an entirely different situation with an entirely different coach. So um, good for Carl Durrell keeping everyone on board. And it looks like most of them came into – uh, the state today, yesterday, this this weekend, um, you know, the two big ticket items, Jalen Harris and Shaq Clayton, both made their way into Boulder this week. So um, they're going to start getting tested immediately. And it seems like every college in the country is using college athletes as a uh, guinea pig. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing that the expectation of college athletes is brand new to the NCAA. So – um, it's the one-time deal, but they're back. Yeah, I was definitely listening to everything you said. <laughs> well, <laughs> the main thing to know is is the newest freshmen in Colorado are actually in Colorado. So Brendan Lewis has been here for a while. He's the obviously the yeah. incoming freshman quarterback, but a lot of think- other people made their way this week. And and we're we're gonna be able to keep a shot Clayton, right? I think. Well, he just came in. Time. Yeah, so he just came in yeah. this week. So uh, it'd be a weird time for him to back out, but he sure can still. I assume, you know, I, he'd have to wait a year and transfer. I think at this point, but uh, yeah, he he's in, and he's gonna be big. How is uh like future recruiting shaping up during this time? Do we have any updates on that? Well, it's an interesting. It's a weird time to be a first-time head coach. Uh, the longer that that in-person visits are not allowed, I think the longer it helps him because at this point you're you're playing from less of a behind, and you know he had to make all new relationships, which usually around this time means that he can't get these early visits from people that he really wanted to. Um, but because no one can get these visits, 
everyone's doing virtual visits. It sounds like CU has a pretty solid program when it comes to that. But it sounds like that uh, recruits and high schoolers are enjoying their time walking around Boulder when they're not actually there. <laughs> so that would be part of it. Um, you know, I it's a good and a bad time to be a brand new head coach. I think the fact that Carl has guys like Shiverini still on staff and Demetrius Martin who have such deep connections in the West is really helping him right now. Um, and the fact that he has deep connections in California too. So he's playing from less of behind as he would have. And really you're not going to know anything about CU's class until a quarterback signs, which should be soon. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And then we like, it looks like there still hasn't been like a grad transfer quarterback or anything. There hasn't been a transfer quarterback. And CU I think has like two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster still. Uh, well, Sam, Sam Neuer is back now. So okay. if you count Sam. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. He tried transferring to go find a quarterback position somewhere and didn't get any offers. So he's back at CU. But, um, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's weird with grad transfers. Or uh, Carl Durrell came in here, realized that there's only two scholarship quarterbacks, and realized that even if he does nothing but throw footballs in practice, that is still something that is needed. So, um, Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't want Sam back regardless of how many quarterbacks they had, I guess. Is it that? I mean, he's a good locker room presence. He's an old dude. So there's the two things that are really working in his favor, and the scholarships were available. So... I don't know if they're going to actively pursue other transfers or grad transfers this summer. It's also, you know, everything's being pushed back. So uh, I would expect that who we got is who we're rolling with. Okay. Yeah. My money's still on Brendan Lewis winning the job. It's funny. I just spent and feel free to listen. I love these guys, but the quack 12 podcast and I just spent about an hour and a half, an hour 45 going at about, going into like Carl Durrell and this year and what they can expect because Oregon's on the schedule now playing in Boulder. Um, and a lot of things just because of, I, I obviously the quarterback competition has been out of my mind since um, COVID started and now um, much needed social changes happening. So I didn't really think about it until I got on there and looked at the depth chart, but um I guess Brendan Lewis is the money money's odds-on favorite, and CU's losing a bunch of production. I'm still not that worried, but we can talk about that as the season gets closer. Yeah, yeah, we 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 really don't really have any more idea than we had when we did our like fake spring game football podcast. Um, no, yeah, do we do we want to move on to the sports that are actually coming back? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Do I have anything else on the CU side? Uh, the new depth chart was released, but with no new measurements, that's Hard to put anything behind. Um, you know, Chris Miller was a safety in that, which is interesting, but we can talk about all that shit as uh, fall camp hopefully happens. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know they released that, actually. Um, yeah, I, I stopped, like, following CU News when all this happened because I feel like it's just a waste of time. I say this as a podcast, but it's updating people on CU News. <laughs> Well, for a long time, I think it was, I was just like, well, there's not going to be a season, so what's the point, is what I was thinking. Um, and it looks like uh, they are damning the torpedoes and going full speed ahead. Everyone is. So um, we're, here we are. Yeah. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, I can move on to the NBA. You sure can. <laughs> okay. So the no, NBA- is that going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. 
it might. So, so the thing is, is that the NBA is supposed to be coming back on July 30th, and they're going to have like this enclosed campus uh, at the Disney World facilities, and they're going to have 22 teams competing, playing like nine games or so, and then going on a playoffs. And the, the season would last until like October 12th. However, a bunch of players are not really comfortable with the league starting right now. Part of it is uh, because of like health risk. Um, the other part is that with all the, the Black Lives Matter protests, um, they feel like this would be a distraction from that. And they don't necessarily want to be a distraction, especially given these circumstances. And I know Kyrie Irving is like the leader of this, but he's also like the vice president of the NBA Players Association. Um, I'm always sketched out by Kyrie, but this is this has to be one of those like this is the message, like, or the message, not the messenger type of thing. Well, Dw- Dwight Howard is also saying he's not going to play until um, the way he said it is things are figured out, which I'm like that <laughs> NBA is never coming back. So um, if yeah. that's the case, but I think there's actually a pretty big groundswell of players, and this might be a random semi off topic, but bringing it back to college football, you're seeing this in Texas football too. I think a lot of um, these athletes, which you know are predominantly black, are realizing that they have a lot more power than they've given themselves. Um, I think the NBA oh, yeah. is seeing that, and I think um, in college football we're seeing a lot of this too. And they're realizing that they can demand change because they are um, engines that make certain colleges and even certain towns go at times. Um, yeah, you know, and then like, go ahead. Well, most takes example of that is, is DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson uh, making Clemson change the name of one of their buildings from Calhoun Hall to, I think, what is it, Performance Hall now? But, you know, John Calhoun is one of the largest pro-slavery um, congressmen in the 1800s. And I, I think a lot of players are realizing that they can affect change that is important to them um, because they have a lot of power. Yeah, there's also the, the case with the Florida State where Mike Norvell said that he personally spoke to every single Florida State player about, like, the George Floyd murder. And uh, then Marvin Wilson, the star defensive tackle, said that that's a flat-out lie and that he didn't do anything. And that he had just copy and pasted the same text to everybody. And it was just a little example of, like, the players, like, they, they do have collective power over their administration or coach. And it, that, was a, that was a brand new head coach. He might be in deep water already. You know, I guess one more um, quick thing to look at. There, there was a, even a recruit today um, saying, uh, I guess he replied to a tweet, and the tweet was showing a bunch of Clemson fans with Confederate flags showing up in the trucks protesting the name change at Clemson from Calhoun Hall. Um, and one recruit replied saying that Clemson used to be his dream school, but not anymore um, after he saw that. And, you know, how much is that is true? I don't know. But if that's a real thing that happens with recruits, that's um, that's going to drastically change how a lot of these college programs operate. Um, as is famous now, Bear Bryant basically forced the University of Alabama to, in- to uh, integrate because he got ruined by USC in 1970. So um, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, and in fact, before that, Jeff Hauser, a Ralph Report writer, did a really cool thing. Uh, I think it was 1967 Independence Bowl was also Colorado and Alabama, and Colorado at that point was also integrated, and Alabama was not. And similar thing where Colorado beat up on them a little bit, and um, a lot of those players are really proud of how that helped 
change the sport. So um, I guess it's kind of ass backwards, but like if, <laughs> if football performance suffers because of the racism of these places, then that's a really interesting way to make sure that these places become less outwardly racist. Yeah, no, that is good news. Like, and I think like a lot of people who like generally just pile on the South and make fun of it. They like, they kind of forget that it's not all just racist white people who live there. And that's, that's not even like, you know what I'm saying? But like, but we just don't consider. Well, it's, it's one of the, it's, I mean, it has a large concentration of, of African-American population. Um, And I think that they also are having a voice more and more so, which is important. And that also bleeds into sport, which we're seeing in college football and also the NBA. But um, anyways, who's going to win the NBA? Yeah. 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 So like, obviously like, there's a lot of players who want to come back. Like, for sure, LeBron wants to come back because he's 35 and has uh, one of the best teams he's had, like, with supporting cast. Probably has the best teammate he's ever had in Anthony Davis. But then, I, I don't know. It's going to be weird. If it, if it does come back, I don't know what's happening. It's hard to follow. Um, if it does come back, we have, like, four CU. All four CU alumni that are playing in the NBA are going to be in it. Um, I wrote about that. I forgot that Alec Burks got traded to the Sixers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I hope we can see that. Um, man, I don't know. That's just the thing. Like, Well, in, so it's 22 it's teams, those, right? Is it 22 teams? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so it's – go ahead. So it, it's – okay, 22 teams, and it's like 13 from the West, right, and nine from the East yeah. or something? Yeah, it's all teams, all 16 teams with a playoff seed currently in the current standing. And then it's the next five in the in the West and then the next one in the East. Um, the Wizards are a team in the East. They're, they're five and a half teams back. They're not going to make it. They're going to be out. Um, and then the West, it's basically they just wanted to get Zion Williamson. And the Pelicans are like the ninth seed. And so they're like, okay, how do we get the Pelicans in this? So they... Uh, invited every like all those teams in contention so that brings like damian lillard is back he said that he didn't want to play in any like lockdown situation if there was no chance of him making the playoffs now there's like a tiny percent chance of him making the playoffs but he could go off it'd be really cool because like the blazers returning yusuf nurkic and zach collins i thought the whole thing was the playoffs i thought this was like a 22 team there's gonna be um like eight or nine tune-up games like seeding games this is so weird. Yeah, okay. so it's going to be like – so it's actually kind of interesting. It's going to be the the eighth seed. If you finish within four games of the eighth seed and you're the nine, then the eight and nine play each other, wherein the eighth seed just has to win one of the games and the ninth seed has to win the first game and then the second as well to get to the playoffs. And then it's the regular 18 playoffs. It's not shortened or anything. It's just the regular best-of-seven series throughout. They probably could have shortened – the first and second round is the best of five, but, you know. Okay, so you're getting most of the stars in there. It sounds like what I heard was just like they bent over backwards to get Zion Williamson into the playoffs, which I don't know if they did, but yeah, he's in it. it so they, they basically did. If you look at, like, statistical projections, the Grizzlies had the hardest schedule left in the NBA, and the Pelicans had one of the easiest. So there was a really good chance the Pelicans were going to catch them in the standings anyway. Um, 
I guess like I feel like the Grizzlies should be more of a draw anyway because they have John Moran, and he's going to be a star very soon. He's even, amazing, even if he doesn't have like five million followers on Instagram like my own. He's so amazing. He's so. Cool. Well, I, I so I mean the weird thing that I keep thinking about is like all these teams like the Lakers and the Spurs used to. I don't know what they did now, but like. They did such a hard – and I guess Clippers are a better example with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But they always, like, they've rested their stars, blah, blah, blah. They're just like, we know we're going to make the playoffs. Just make them rest or rested for the playoffs. But now everyone is rested for the playoffs, right? So, like, does that change the how those first-round matchups work? Does that change how the – like, I feel like that's going to change some of the dynamics of how they treat all these the, – the different playoff matchups. I think, I mean, not having home court does favor someone like the Clippers, who if the Clippers would have played the Lakers in the series, that's seven away games for them in a best of seven. So, and, and everyone's in Disney World, right? Yeah, everybody's going to be there, except for the eight teams that just suck. Shout out to the Bulls. Um, but like then uh, teams like the Lakers and the Bucks, who were just clicking when the season ended. Yeah. The, that that chemistry or that, that development is a bit stunted right now. In teams that were missing players, uh, like the Celtics, like Kemba Walker was injured. Giannis was actually, Giannis from the Dukumbo was had injured his knee and was about to miss a few weeks. And LeBron could have won the MVP if that happened, but now Giannis is a lock. But yeah, Giannis hasn't even been shooting this whole time. He Did he win a, last year? Yeah, he won the MVP last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. And then, like, the Blazers, they they have an uphill battle to even get to the nine spot. But they're returning, like, two of two, their two best big men who were out for the entire season. And that's why they kind of stuck. Was, and I'm a Blazers fan. That they were just missing those two, and they didn't have a plan. They were playing Hassan Whiteside, and Hassan Whiteside shouldn't be on a contender. All I know, dude, is Nikola Jokic is now apparently like super ripped or skinny or whatever. Which he's skinny, yeah. I don't, I don't, no mistake. You gotta have that blubber to to enjoy those blows, man. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I like, I like watching fat Nikola more than I like watching skinny Nikola. I think even skinny Nikola in the past has been fat. I remember like Zach Lowe, the ESPN reporter, said that he went to the Nuggets locker room and saw that Jokic had, like, a gut hanging over his shorts. And they said that that was the best shape of his life. <laughs> He's going to be the weirdest Hall of Famer ever. <laughs> There's a lot of – oh, God. I, He's, like, the dude – he's, like, a, the one dude in semi-pro who actually deserved to be in the NBA. Coffee Black? Andre 3000? Well – I guess I, if Will Ferrell actually deserved to be in the NBA, it's also really good and from semi-pro. <laughs> because I just love Jokic. I love Jokic that he plays like he's wearing flip-flops, and he's putting up like he's a, a top good way five to put MVP, it. Top five MB, MVP candidate in a time where the players are probably the most athletic they've ever been in the NBA. I think that's remarkable. You know what? I think that's exact. It, I have an anecdote for this. I think you're exactly right. Uh, I used to, when I was playing at the CU rec, Josh Scott would come in with slippers. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he never would post up because why are you posting up if you're a 6'10 postman at the, at the rec? But he would just walk around with slippers and just watch people when he wanted to and take threes when he wanted to. And he still just ruined everyone. 
I feel like it's, he's kind of just playing like Josh God slippers. I I wish that I was there to see that. I miss Josh Scott every day. Well, I think he's over there in Japan, and they, he's going to get back to the sports before anyone else does. But I bet. Well, I don't know. He actually to- came Tokyo. Home. He, he, I think he hurt. He had a knee, a season-ending knee injury this year. He came home early. Well, and we won't even see him in the tournament because the CU TBT team is is not happening this year. Yeah. Also, he plays in Okinawa, not Tokyo. Just to let you know. I would assume that a lot of his opponents live in Tokyo. Or, okay, fair. Yeah. Japan's a large country, Jack. Well, um, kind of. Maybe in no, population. If you, it, if you flip it, like, north to south to west to east, it would be from, like, L.A. to New York. That's how long it is. No. Yeah. Look it up. Maybe. Maybe not. I like my ignorance. Um, let's see. Well, so I guess what what do you what are we trying to what do you think is going to happen with this NBA thing? I, I mean, I don't I don't know how much how many players are deciding to sit out, but if it's a lot, then oh. it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, as far as this NBA news is concerned, I have no idea. Like I'm just waiting on news updates because I know Kyrie probably wasn't gonna Kyrie Irving wasn't gonna come back from his knee injury anyway or his shoulder injury. Um, Dwight Howard, he's like their third center on the Lakers, so I don't know how much that matters. Uh, I don't know which other players have spoken outwardly, but I think that there has to be. A, I think the NBA Players Association would have to say no. Because they still have to ratify the the governor's vote, so it would have to be a majority, and had to have, and Chris Paul, who's the president of the Players Association, would have to ratify it, and he is like a thirty six year old who can win the the finals this year if the Thunder get hot. Like, no, he doesn't have much time left. No, they can't. So anything anything can happen. This is resemblant of the nineteen ninety nine playoffs, in which there was a strike shortened year, and so you got to the playoffs, and then an eight seed from the East. The Knicks, I believe, uh, they went to the finals that year. And then the Spurs, who had, who were a very young team, they had just gotten the first overall pick two years before. Um, they made to the finals and won. Yeah, it was the Knicks versus Spurs. But that was just a really weird playoffs where a team that just got hot made it, and then a team that was younger yeah. and they had better legs made it. Who was on this 99 Trailblazers team? That, like, how did they get to the playoff finals or conference finals? The the Trailblazers were probably the best team in the NBA in 2000. Did you know that? Well, I'm asking you. So who's, who was on yeah. this 1999 play, uh, Trailblazers team? Oh, you want to know? It was uh, – well, first off, it was Scottie Pippen. Their best player was probably Rasheed Wallace. They also had Steve Smith, Damon Stoudemire. What a weird Arby team. Bonus. That left Shrimp. I'm not seeing it. I don't think Scottie Pippen was on this. I, I'm seeing. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at 99-2000. I'm seeing Jermaine O'Neal, probably rookie Jermaine O'Neal, which is wild. This was actually his third year in the NBA. Rasheed Wallace, as a great uh, Sabonis at center. Damon Stunemeyer. Interesting. Bonzi yeah, Stacey Ogman. Yeah, that's this, a weird. That's a weird looking team, man. <laughs> it is a very weird team, and they were huge. Head coach is Mike Dunleavy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, that I was just listening to a, a a breakdown of the Lakers Blazers series in 2000, 
and that the the Lakers said that like that was probably the best team they played in any of their three peat seasons. Not the two thousand two Kings, whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. These Blazers were better. They had more depth too. They they went ten deep. Jermaine O'Neal didn't even play, and then he got traded and became like a, uh, I guess a substar in Indiana. Anyway, we should stop talking about Jermaine. Well, bringing it semi back to to the right um, topic. Does this weird? There will not be any fans for Jermaine O'Neal to punch in any of these games. (laughs) Truly a mistake. Then I think that's that's what makes the NBA great is player brawls. Um, Does this process help Tyler Bay because he's still mysterious, or does it hurt him because testing numbers are what we're going to send him over? I think there's a lot of questions about his jump shot. They need to see. He shot like 43%, but only on like one three per game. So teams really don't know if he has like a real three-point jump shot. They think it's a little bit, it's a little mechanical. And it is a little mechanical. He has a lower set point. And so I think teams would like to see him work on that, work on his ball handling, see if he has skills that he didn't necessarily show at CU. They have the tape on his defense. And they have all the advanced stats, and they, they, they know his weaknesses at this point. They just don't know if he can play like a small forward type of role of shooting and attacking off the dribble and making some passes. So I think that, that's a, that does hurt him a little bit, but it also helps that he will have, uh, I guess, more tape than a lot of players. Like there's so many question marks in the draft. Like nobody knows what RJ Hampton is going to look like. Is the draft still on, on schedule? No, it would have happened like next week. Well, I don't know. So it's not happening next week? <laughs> no, it's not, it's not going to happen until like October. They haven't even scheduled the draft combine yet. We're not going to know for a while. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's too bad. I, I know, I mean, McKinley already said he's probably going to, he's coming back, but he still hasn't, I don't think, gotten his, the whatever he wanted, the evaluation, the, the feedback. <laughs> Um, so it's, yeah. it's still a weird limbo. Yeah, so players can, uh, whenever the draft combine happens, they have until 10 days after the draft to come back to school and be eligible, or the deadline will be August 3rd to come back to school. Hmm. So that's to get them in school right before the semester starts. So really, like, these college teams that don't know who is coming back. right. They like UCLA with Chris Smith. I mean, Tad's, Tad and, and CU's kind of in a really good position because they have no question marks. Tyler Bay already declared his intention, so there's no one they're waiting on to, to like, figure out how to coach. Yeah. No, that, that, that's really good news. Can't wait to see Keyshawn Bartholomew sprung on the other team mm-hmm. who have no idea what he is. One day. One day we'll see real sports I care about again. Do we – do we want to talk about real sports that I care about? I was going to say, my transition is going to be sports I don't care about. Back. So I'm glad that we both think of the same thing. <laughs> so coming back Tuesday morning is the English Premier League. And I know what you're thinking. We, we touted the Bundesliga as the most entertaining of the major soccer leagues. And then you watched and it was boring. The fans were gone. The soccer was a little bit sloppy. And the after like three games, Bayern Munich had basically won the champ had won the, the championship. However, 
the Premier League is much better. It, it's better soccer. I promise you that these are just better players. Like, if you look at, say, the – man, I'm looking at some bad teams. So I was going to say, like, the, the 12th best Premier League team would probably finish, like, fifth in Germany. So these teams are just better, just straight up. Most expensive players in the world, some of the best players in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's coming back. Liverpool is the best team in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are going to win the Premier League for sure, like more than a 99% chance. They're 25 games ahead of Manchester City, and they only have nine games to play. So there's no way they collapse and lose this. However, there will be kind of a scramble for the last Premier, like for the last Champions League spot. Man City and Leicester City are going to battle a little bit for the second spot, even though Man. City wow, Leicester City is still good. I thought they had that Leicester one City. year. No, Leicester City turned that one year into being very good. That's cool. I was going to talk about them. I was going to talk about some of my favorite players in the Premier League. Leicester City has a lot of them. They have like the best, uh, arguably the best right back in the world, in Ricardo Pereira. They have one of the best center backs in the Premier League. And Calgar uh, they have such a good midfield. Uh, future stars: James Madison, uh, Yuri Tillman. The former U.S. president James Madison is playing midfield. Yes, yes, that wow. James Madison. He's super short. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think his name is James. I, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, but they still have like Jamie Vardy, who. Uh, was on that breakout, breakout 2015 team that won the league. So, yeah, here's, so. <clears throat> here's the one thing I think that I know about the Premier League. I think it's a yeah, nice starting point. Jurgen Klopp is awesome, and he yeah. coaches, or what do you want to call it, manages the Liverpool team. Um, yeah. I only know him because of his time at Borussia Dortmund, going back to the Bundesliga connection, but he continues to be amazing. Uh, he's aggressive. He knows that he's coaching a game, so he – he coaches it and, and acts like it's a game, which is amazing. Um, he has so much fun. He has so much fun. He's so wise and kind to his players. I mean, to me, more importantly, he just, like, laughs all the time and, like, you know, basically he just he's like a little kid. Um, he, I don't know. And they're also, I think, really, really good. I don't know who their best player is. I know it used to be Luis Suarez, and then he bit someone. Yeah. He also was racially abusing players on the field. Oh, he's yeah, bad. He yeah. The best player now is Virgil van Dyke. He's the best, might be the best, like just player in the world right now, besides Messi. Uh, but van Dyke probably should have won the Ballon d'Or last year for like overall player of the year. He's a center back. He's, he's from the Netherlands. He's very handsome. He's six foot four. And he's, just, <laughs> he's, he's just, He's such a perfect defender. If you can make a perfect defender, you would beat it. I was told that they have a guy, some super young guy, like Origi. Origi is a – Divac Origi is a bench player who scores clutch goal. Who's their main goal scorer? Their main goal scorers, uh, they, they play with a uh, – their, their striker plays as a false nine. So that means he's a playmaker. And then their wings attack the goal. And those guys are Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah. I, okay, yeah. I know both those guys. Okay. So both of those guys are probably the 
the best in the league at their position. They're wonderful. I love both of them. Have both of their jerseys from Senegal and Egypt. And I adore them. Bobby Firmino or Roberto Firmino, I call him Bobby. He's that false nine guy. He's the one who passes to them. And he is so much sauce. He's just covered in tattoos and just flicks the ball every time. Like, it's just so pretty how he plays. And then their midfield isn't – they're not exactly good players. Like, they're pretty good. They're not world-class players. They just work really hard, and that's their whole thing. They, they just run hard. And then Jeannie Wijnaldum is really handsome, too. And that matters to me. Okay, that's starting on Tuesday, and it's almost at the – it's like oh, it's like near yeah, the end of the – Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so there's they've played 29 games. There are 38 games in the season. So they're just going to play it out. Okay, and Liverpool's on top. I'm, I hear the names I know. Chelsea is probably good. Chelsea is in fourth. They're pretty they're, – they're solid. Manchester they're United is probably good. Manchester United's fifth. They have a really good player to watch named Bruno Fernandez, who they got in January for like $70 million or something. And he is extremely fun to watch. He's brand new, and he just destroyed every defense he was playing in in the first part of the season. But now he's concerned teams are going to adjust to him. So, yeah, but the top, the top five is Liverpool, Man City, Manchester City, uh, Leicester City, Chelsea, and then Manchester United. And then at number six and number seven, which that's only important in the standings because you have to play in the Europa League, which is the, 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 the competition below the Champions mm-hmm. League. And those teams are Wolverhampton and Sheffield United. Both Sheffield? Have, yeah, Sheffield United. Yeah. They, okay. they just got, Sheffield United just got promoted last year. So they're this is their first year in the Premier League in a few. They have some really good players. They And they've been playing very admirably. They're defensive first. They've uh, allowed the second least amount of goals in the Premier League this year. So they're not really a fun team to watch. But they are good. And Arsenal sucks now or what? And Tottenham also sucks now or what? Tottenham and Arsenal are eighth and ninth in the standings right now. So Tottenham, they suck just, now. Tottenham is just bad. Uh, I, they just play boring soccer. They have Jose Mourinho, the, the famous coach who got ousted from Manchester United. Uh, but they are a little – they're not very fun. Arsenal, their defense is horrendous. And then they're playing mostly young guys right now. So they're, they're playing your boy, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I do love him. Yes, you do love him. He do, he's the one who does the, the front flip after he scores a goal. Mm-hmm. They still have Mezu Ozil, who kind of sucks now. And then yeah, they have... Sucked. <laughs> I love Mezu Ozil. And then they have some really good young players, like Bukayo Saka. It's going to be really fun. And this is going to be the literally the last bit of soccer knowledge I have. There's a guy I really liked watching when he was in Dortmund. Who's uh, Batman? That's why. Um, oh, Mickey Batshuayi. Yeah, isn't he on a one of these teams? You know, I have to look it up because I don't know. I can yeah. beat you. I can beat you. I can beat you. He's a backup striker for Chelsea. Oh, lame. He should be the yeah. number one striker. You know, he's not very good. So, once again, my knowledge <laughs> is based off of uh, Dwarven people, and also FIFA 14 is when I really tapped out. So, uh, okay. how is uh, so, Romelu Lukaku doing? I love him. Lukaku plays for an Italian team. Oh, okay. Milan. Uh, 
How is Christian Benteke doing? Christian Benteke, let's find out where he is. I'm guessing he's in some team in Spain. Oh, no, he still plays for Crystal Palace. He's still there. Okay. Yeah, they're not good. Crystal Palace is they're 11. the coolest name, though. I think Wolverhampton is a, is a better name. Ah, it's just a dumb, stupid British town name, though. Maybe that's where Crystal Palace is, too. I don't know. You know, the, there was a real Crystal Palace back in the day. It was like this giant glass building that, that's named after. It's a part of London, I believe. But yeah, Christian Penteke is still playing. He's only 29. Holy shit. How is he that young? Because he's amazing. That's the equivalent of finding out Andrew Wiggins is like 23 years old. Is Andrew Wiggins 23 years old? No way. Looking up right now. No way. Oh, he's 25. It's okay. Okay, yeah. I watched him play <laughs> at least as an 18-year-old in Boulder. There's no way in 2013. <laughs> okay, do you have any other questions, or do you want me to talk about my favorite player? Uh, no other questions. So, I'll go by a little bit team by team of the good teams. I already talked about Liverpool. I love all their players because I'm a Liverpool fan. Manchester City. They're the best team money can buy, and they might be in trouble. They have a, a financial fair play. Uh, they're, they're basically getting in trouble, and they might get banned from international competition for two years because they are using a bunch of oil money that they're not really supposed to be using to buy players. They're very good. They have Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva on the wings. So fun. They have Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, he plays in the cam. He kind of looks like you, Jack. And, um, uh, is that an insult <laughs> or a compliment? No, no, no. This is a better looking version of you. Oh, so an insult. He, <laughs> he's, he's probably the best midfielder in, in oh, anywhere. Why would you say that? What? He's I'm not looking bad. at him now. That's very mean. He's not bad looking. That's very mean. He is. He always looks so surprised. Look how surprised he is in all these pictures. Whatever. He probably he, sucks. He doesn't even look that surprised. What are you talking about? I see what I see, man. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Leicester City, I already talked about. They have some extremely good younger players if you want to go for a team that's like on the up and coming. They're just such a smart team. Then there's Chelsea, which we've talked about. My favorite player on the team is N'Golo Conte. He's a, a center defensive mid who's like five foot six, and he just runs around just stealing the ball from people. And he's super quiet and shy, and he's just so cute. But he might not play because he's concerned about the virus. And his brother had a heart attack last year and died while playing soccer. And N'Golo Conte is like, he's afraid that he also, like, he's susceptible to the virus more so than most people. Uh, so he is in training, but he might not play. And so, like, that's my favorite player on the team. That would, I, I get it, and I, I love Uncle Conte, so I'm not going to criticize him. But a lot of people probably will, which is unfair. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember who else is starting on the team. Because uh, I, I really hate Chelsea. I always have. Wow, okay. Them. <laughs> uh, Manchester United, they're – Best player might be Bruno Fernandes, who I talked about. He's a little Portuguese guy, destroying people. Then they have uh, Marcus Rashford, the, the English Pope, I guess. 
people hope he he'll be like the best English player five years from now and lead them to whatever he can't. Then they have Paul Pogba, who makes three hundred thousand dollars a week to play. Soccer. I do like him. He's yeah, a French he, guy, right? Yeah, he is French. He's Malian French, and he's like six six. He's like six three, which is like six six in her soccer. Okay. He he has so much sauce. He doesn't always try that hard, which is why people hate him. Or people why actually I love him. Hate him because because he fits into a lot of like racial stereotypes that English people love to hang on to with football. Like they they it's really bad how they view soccer players. Like they, they think only the white players are the intelligent, disciplined ones. I mean, this guy sounds awesome. It sounds like he's really good and he knows he doesn't have to try all the time. And that sounds like exactly what you want. So I don't understand yeah. No, he's exactly that. He he can score a goal that no one else in the world can score, and then he just decides not to go for a pass that he can easily. Beautiful, good. Yeah, love him. He's really cool. I always get him in FIFA because he's probably the best. Like he's one of the most OP players you could get in FIFA. Mm. Then yeah, then Wolverhampton, they're they're such a surprise team because of how put together they are. Their best player is Raúl Jiménez who's the best Mexican player. And I, I really love the Mexican national team. I, I root for them over the U.S. Wow. And Raul Jimenez plays the, the playmaking striker role. So he's their guy who's just creating everything. They also have this guy named Adama Traore, who you should look up, like right now. Adama Traore. Traore. He, he's jacked. He tucks in his jersey, wears number 37, dyes his hair blonde, and he's just built like a tank. He's ripped. He just, he just, yeah, he's so quick. He looks like a running back. I know. I know. Yeah, he's so cool. Yeah, and he has all the little tricks in the bag and just humiliates people. He's not as good as he is cool, but I don't care. So they're very fun. Their right back is very good. I don't think you care about Matt Doherty, but he's really good. No, I don't. Um, I think, yeah, then moving on, Tottenham has a great player. They have Hyungman's son, who's my favorite. Uh, he's probably my favorite player on a team I don't like. He's just this uh, really cute Korean wing who scores goals with either foot just as effectively. He's really fun. Arsenal has Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, as we talked about. And then I could go for the deep cuts, but I don't think you want that. This Triora guy is, is turning me into a Wolverhampton thing. I'm watching yes, his highlights right I now. Think, yes, I think you should become a Wolverhampton fan. I think that would be... He's getting, so oh much God. bigger than everyone else. It is insane. <laughs> I, I forgot about uh, Ruben Neves on Wolverhampton. He's like a defensive mid who scores like 30 foot or like 30 yard goals all the time. He's really cool. Are you still watching <laughs> Charora highlights? Yeah, I'm, I'm just watching him bully people. Oh, oh, I want to say one more thing. Wilfried Zaha on Crystal Palace. If you could think of a player whose name sounds like he plays, Wilfried Zaha is exactly that. He's just this, this wing who just wants to – he just wants to nutmeg you. He just wants to get past you with, with all his little tricks. And he's extremely fun to watch. 
except he's just not a bad team. If soccer was like 30 minutes, I'd like it a lot more. Yeah. Actually, Crystal Palace is the lowest scoring, second lowest scoring team in the league. That's so they're annoying. not very fun. But he, he, he is fun. Yeah, I think the English style, like when I was talking about the German league, it's fun because the Germans play like it's a counter-attacking style of soccer. So they're all like once they get the ball, they immediately push it up forward to try to score and transition. Whereas the Premier League is more like 90s basketball to where the bad teams just try to go grind and grind and grind and beat each other up. And maybe someone gets lucky and scores a goal or two. Whereas like that's the best way to beat the the good teams too is because they have these players like that are so skilled that you can't do anything except foul them. And that's just kind of how the Premier League is built. A lot of teams try to get a draw instead of a win. They don't want to risk the loss to get a win, so they just draw. God. What a stupid system that is. But whatever. It is pretty stupid. I every draw should end on penalties. Wanna do something? I just Arsenal, don't think. Go ahead. I still think the draws are dumb. Like that's so dumb. You have to protect your tie, and that's like a thing that works. Ugh. Yeah. Right now, Arsenal has nine wins, thirteen draws, and six losses. That's annoying. That is so dumb. They're in ninth place, and they have fewer losses than the second place team. God. Whatever. Yeah. Also, you. Should- Viewers, listeners, you should watch Arsenal play because they're going to allow a goal in the first 20 minutes and just try to crack, scratch and claw for a draw. Really funny. They're like, uh, they're like hustling themselves. Honestly, yeah. Their defense is atrocious. So funny. How bad it is. Hmm. Like <laughs> they have a, they're, they're starting center back. He wouldn't be starting on like literally any other team. Well, um, I guess this is another thing that I'm going to be watching instead of uh, the sports I want to watch. So, Last thing I want to say, the best theme of this whole coronavirus thing is England has tried to have a stricter lockdown than probably we do. However, these players are like they're filming themselves, telling people to stay inside, and then they immediately go to a party and then crash their Ferrari on the way back. That's been a thing that keeps happening. <laughs> Who did that? Uh, Jack Grealish did that famously. He's a, he's a good he's the best player in Aston Villa. Um, and then my favorite thing is uh, Kyle Walker, who's a who's a right back on Manchester City. He filmed himself telling everybody to stay inside, and then he got caught that night going to uh, a sex party, basically. <laughs> well, was it inside? Uh, it was inside, yeah. Well, I see. Was the find the flaw? <laughs> well, I don't think that's allowed. You can't have gatherings of however many people he had. Maybe it was one. Maybe it was a one-man sex party. I mean, I don't think it was. I think that there was some uh, some expensive women at the at the Oof. at the sex party. Well, uh, you know, at, at this point, I'm I'm siding on Kyle Walker's side. I, I see. I think he said stay inside, and he had a one-person sex party, and I think that's totally fine. 
Well, it confirmed two people in addition to Kyle Walker. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how they confirmed that. <laughs> I could tell you the price, but I don't think that matters. No. I'm reading an article in The Guardian. Um, on that note, do you have any other questions? Do you have any other concerns? No other questions. No other concerns? No. You sure? Um, I Wolverhampton. I like this Triori guy, and I like that he's on this team. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to watch as much as I did Bundesliga, but really, all this CU-related news is just getting me going for college football. I see the college they, football happen. They have a very Wolverhampton has a very handsome team. So I'm going to send you a couple names to look up. Just their highlights because they're cool. All right. Well, I'm done. I'm done. Cool. All right. Bye. Boss!